Hey, chiropractors, welcome to Modern Chiropractic Mastery with your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing, business, and professional growth with some of the leading experts in the industry. Docs, welcome to episode three of four of the special MPI MCM podcast series where we discuss being world-class at treating athletes. And in this interview, I have Dr. Steve King, and this is actually a past interview we did on being a pro sports team chiropractor. Uh, Steve is the team chiropractor of the Cincinnati Bengals, which if you're listening on this day that it came out, uh, it's a Monday morning and hopefully the Bengals uh, beat the Buffalo Bills. I'm just a recovering Dolphins fan, so don't hate me out there, Bills fans. Uh, but Steve, uh, you know, he's been with the Bengals for for quite some time, and we interviewed him uh, a year or two ago about that, and it just was fitting to have that part of this four-part series because uh, some of you um, may be lucky enough at some point to work with a pro team, right? It doesn't have to be NFL. It could be any pro team. And frankly, uh, you're going to get a lot of insights from this interview that would help you be a college team chiropractor or a high school team chiropractor or even a youth you know, team chiropractor. So a lot of great insights that we dive into on what it's like, you know, really integrating with a uh, first class type of medical team that a, that a, obviously like a NFL team would have. And just a lot of cool insights from Steve on what it's like to integrate into that, you know, and it, and it could be different, right? Like he does a lot of things in his private practice that he doesn't do when he's with the Cincinnati Bengals. He is uh, very targeted in what they brought him on to do and serves a, a great purpose there for the Bengals. And he shares a lot of his insights on that. And um, as you know, before we get into the interview, we have a great MPI Sports Summit coming up in March 25th, 26th. And this is going to be in Overland Park, Kansas at Cleveland University there. I'll be there uh, Friday speaking to the little TED Talks, but also I'll be there the weekend attending some of the classes. And this has got quite a lineup. You know, it's got Mark King, Corey Campbell, Brett Winchester. It's going to have Jason Holm, David Seaman, Rich Holm. And it's going to be all about the lumbar spine. And it's everything from manipulation to DNS to soft tissue work to nutrition to assessments, right? Like basically all the stuff. Uh, one, our first episode in this four-part series with was with Dr. Mark King, where we talked about the multimodal approach. And essentially, that's what this seminar is, and it's just really good. I was at the last live one they had, which was right before the pandemic, and it's been, uh, unfortunately, canceled each year because of the pandemic, uh, and it was being in the Chicago area. Now, it will be in Overland Park, Kansas, so check that out. Go to motionpalpation.org, check out their seminars tab, and you can register right online there. I hope to see you there, and without further ado, here is my interview with Dr. Steve King. All right. Welcome to the virtual summit on sports chiropractic. I'm excited to have you, Dr. King, and uh, we're going to dive into everything football. So you've been working with the Cincinnati Bengals for quite a while, and it's been, I know, quite a, an experience for you. Tons of Super Bowls and playoffs. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and practice and all that. Um, I've always been a, a fan of what you've been doing. And I just like how you apply the clinical to the team. And we're going to dive in today to the, the clinical side and the team side of stuff. And before we do that, just tell us a little bit about yourself. So I've been unofficially with the Bengals for 
uh, at least 15 years. And uh, officially, uh, this I'm going on my fourth year. Nice. And uh, the last two years have definitely been a struggle. <laughs> well, I'm a Dolphins fan, so I, I feel your pain. <laughs> yeah. So in, it's been uh, it's been fun though. I, I've worked with players here at the office, but the last couple of years, I've actually gone to the stadium and worked in the uh, medical training facility. So how did you get that opportunity? What, what transpired for this, for this all to happen? So I, I developed a relationship with uh, Paul Sparling, the head athletic trainer for the Bengals. And it, it was kind of interesting. And one of the messages I'm hoping to get across is, you know, I treated him just like, almost like a medical doctor. I wanted to communicate to him, just like I would with a medical doctor, what I was doing with the player. And that started here at the office and uh, through communication and d developing that relationship, it, it grew and he sent more players. Yeah. And it's one of the things where I, I've noticed uh, it, it's great because obviously we'd all love to be a team chiropractor for an NFL team. There's only you know, 32 of those. So that's, uh, that's a problem. <laughs> and right. then if you happen to be in a city that doesn't have an NFL team, Obviously, you're not going to be an NFL team chiropractor, but this can relate to colleges, high school, even youth. Um, and you could probably apply this. You could definitely apply this to other sports as well, baseball, football, or sorry, baseball, basketball, hockey. Right. But for the sake of our conversation today, we're going to be talking about football. So I think your entry into it as an athletic trainer and, and working with that person was great. And you you had a player come to your office. I think as chiropractors, we can all think of players that are in a high school team or a college team that have come to our office and you did well by them. That could be your entry into this whole thing because you've right. communicated to that athletic trainer. like, hey, I got one of your players. Obviously, you want to probably have that conversation with the player first. So you don't violate any HIPAA or anything like that. But starting that conversation, that could get you some credibility with that particular program and that's what happened with you right yes perfect good so i want to again team chiropractor um this looks differently i think in a lot of ways and but the key to it is is communication um what before we dive into that what is your specific role with with the team because i know some chiropractors will do certain things and other what is your defined role so my defined role is, is to provide adjustments and to provide, provide manipulation. Mm -hmm. And so it's really been kind of fun. I mean, I, I, what I've trained for and worked so hard to get good at, I get to do. And, uh, so it's been a blast. I, I just I'll go to the training room. I set up my, just like my office, I have a motion palpation chair and my Gonstead bench and my Gonstead chair and I the player sits down I do my motion palpation scan and I go to work and adjust and I don't have to worry about therapies or modalities or any of that stuff I don't have to do ART or Graston and uh it's it just it's great yeah. and that's why I think is a key thing for our audience to understand is that even though you may do uh, a lot of things in your in your office you may be hired or brought on to do one specific thing. And right. that's a lot of times the situation. And you, um, I'm assuming you right. have a job because you've been there for longer than one year. 
um, that you've done a good job of staying in your lane and providing a very good service that was well-defined and you, but you probably notice certain things like, oh, maybe they need this. Do you um, communicate that with the athletic trainer? Is that the person you would say, hey, look, I also kind of saw this. Maybe they could use something. How does that work? Yes. So depending on, on the situation, I'll get asked to do an, uh, an evaluation uh, to figure out the a low back situation or a neck situation. And then I'll go through my thing, usually do a treatment and then kind of talk back and Sometimes I'll say, well, I think they, they need an x-ray or I think they need that hip x-ray or something, something like that. So that, that works out great. The, uh, I almost, almost always do some kind of a treatment that involves a manipulation or adjustment and, uh, that it works out good. Yeah. Perfect. And I would assume in your situation, the athletic trainer is kind of the gatekeeper, right? Yes. He really, yeah, he really is. And it, mm -hmm. you know, Monday morning. Uh, is the big assessment day where the, the, the head doctor, the head orthopedist and the, and the head athletic trainer get together and they go through the injury reports, do the evaluations. And then I actually come in on Tuesday and, uh, Tuesdays and Fridays. Perfect. And so, yeah, I think that's something to make sure you, let's say you, let's fast forward and, uh, and I'm speaking to the audience right now and you get this opportunity to work with a football team. And you have your role defined as manipulation only. It it could be more. It could be ART. You know, like there, I know there's some uh, team Kairos, uh, the Dolphins in particular. They have him doing some active release. So you define the role. You get very clear on that. You stay in that lane. But then I think it's also to do diligence and figure out okay, what's this process look like? And most likely, high school, college, and NFL is going to be athletic trainer as the gatekeeper. But then you need to know who are the other players, or not players. I don't want to get confusing, but the other medical players that are in that. Is it, right. is it the ortho? There's a neuro, maybe there's a concussion special. Like there's these teams are pretty well developed. Uh, how did you figure out what was in place, the team from the medical and even over to the strength and conditioning? How, how was that process for you? Well, it was so simple. And to be honest with you, the, the, uh, the players initially, when I started again, I had the same role when I wasn't officially a team chiropractor. Players would come, they would have non-specific low back pain. They would oh my neck stiff or my low back stiff or my hip stiff, and then I would go through my uh, go through my exam and be real careful, of course. But I would do my manipulation, and and so the the role developed as. I continued to see more players and it, it was really, it was just really, it's actually kind of nice because it, you know, again, I don't have to, I don't have to tape. I don't have to, I don't have to do ART and I don't have to do uh, rehab exercises. And uh, so it's just, it's, it was really kind of just laid out for me. It was really kind of, it's been kind of easy. Yeah. And then is there a particular communications system that you guys use for the team? Like, do they brief you on Tuesday when you come in? How, do, how does that work? Yeah, and it's usually a lot of times, the, and it isn't always just the head athletic trainer. There's actually a physical therapist, yeah. uh, the head physical therapist, rehab guy, mm -hmm. uh, or other assistants. And d depending on who's working with who, they'll, they'll give me a, a, but it's all communication, just verbal. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, uh, you know, I just keep track of who I work on and, uh, of course they have, they keep track. I don't even know what their system is, but they have 
it's all about injury reports mm-hmm. and, and who are they going to be ready for Friday, uh, Sunday or not? That's, that's for sure. And then I was, I'm assuming you have to be a little humble in this type of scenario and just say, you know, it, I, I know I could do that, but I'm not going to, or I'm not going to step on any toes. Is that happen? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I start, you know, exactly. I want to start doing, you know, DNS or some kind of rehab thing or teach somebody how to squat or breathe or so I, I have to, I have to try and stay in my lane, but I, I can, I, I can do things and affect their function without acting like I know how to squat better than, you know, a professional offensive lineman. And I'm sure over, over some time, once you build that rapport and credibility with the team, um, you can make some more suggestions than you did probably year yeah. one. Right. Exactly. It's, 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 it's pretty laid back, but yeah, if I, I, if I feel something strong enough or important enough, I definitely will say my part, whether, you know, gets changed or not, that's different, but yeah, that makes sense. And I know it's like, cause you might see the physical therapist doing something and you're like, Oh, I probably wouldn't do it that way. But you, you know, this is a skilled person that's been doing a lot of stuff. There's different ways of doing it. And you have to know when to just kind of be humble with that. I, I have a funny story. Uh, I used to practice down in Davie, Florida, which is where the Dolphins uh, headquarters is. So it's not actually Miami. It's more Fort Lauderdale. And we used to treat a lot of the Dolphins players. And I remember my uh, a chiropractor that I worked with at the time, he had emailed the strength and conditioning coach all these exercises he felt like this player should be doing and shouldn't be doing. And the email was, the email was benign, but you know how email can be. And I remember the email back from the strength and conditioning coaches, like, I've been doing this for 20 years. I've been with the dolphins for X amount of years. I know what exercises my players should be doing and not doing based on my communication with the athletic training department. I mean, it was just like, and I read through the emails. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have sent that email. I mean, you, you kind of put him in his place as being, you know, like, like, you know, more than him type of thing. So uh, you, you got to be yeah, careful of that stuff. Yeah. It doesn't work. It, yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. You got to, I, 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 but it's, it's kind of, you know, as you're there, I, I, you know, technically I'm only supposed to adjust players, but you know, staff will come in, coaches will come in, strength and conditioning uh, coaches will come in and, that, that I develop, you know, develop the respect just by staying within what my role, and then, and then I can kind of slowly, uh, you know, gain, like I said, gain the respect and then and educate on the chiropractic concepts. Yeah, and that wisdom that you just provided it really relates to again high school, college, NFL, other sports. When you're in that team setting as a chiropractor, you can't yeah. assume that you're going to be the end all be all you really might have to just provide a job and and that's fine and that's uh and it's rewarding you know yeah, it's it's rewarding and it's and it makes it it looks it relaxed like i feel confident that i am a good adjuster and i i can affect joint function mm-hmm. and i don't have to really go beyond that you know it, it's kind of nice and say okay i'm gonna be the i'm gonna be the adjuster and, and it really it really is kind of fun in a minute, we're going to segue into actual like some common football injuries and such. But do you would you say on your Tuesdays and Fridays, are you only working with players that are banged up or have issues, or are you also doing some kind of performance care or preventative stuff? Well, I, yeah, that's a great way to put it. I, I, it's a little bit of both. I, uh, many times, I see starting players that are hurt. Yep. 
And, uh, and so, uh, and then I'll, but then I also have guys that come in routinely that they want to get adjusted every week. And it, they usually want to get adjusted on Fridays mm-hmm. as opposed to Tuesdays is that, I know, you know, just, just they're banged up from Sunday and they're just tired yeah. and they still want to rest. So it, uh, yeah. So, so both. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and, I found that they like to lay on a massage table on that on Monday, Tuesday, because they're so banged up and then, yeah. then they're ready for the adjustment. Have you also found that a lot of the players don't want to be seen in the athletic training room with the uh, athletic trainer or the, 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 the people that help with injured people, but they may be more prone to see you for something because it doesn't equate to being injured? Because some of there's that psychology of it. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Yeah, that happens all the time. And I have to be really careful when, you know, sometimes they'll kind of sneak in there and it's, wait a minute, did did you tell anybody about this injury or what, you know, what's going on here? So I have to still have to be, I have to be a little bit of a watchdog. So, yeah, and it's an interesting concept because I've experienced that in the past where a, a lot of players, especially the ones that are you know, if you're a pro bowler getting multi-million dollar contract, not as much of a concern, but a lot of those players, I mean, it's like dicey between being a starter and being a backup or being a starter and not even being on the team anymore. And one of the ways to find yourself out of the team is when you're athletic training and injured all the time, <laughs> Yeah. even though it's a misconception, a lot of ways it's in their psyche. And so I feel like they, they'll tend to go to the chiropractor and get that done because going to the chiropractor doesn't always equate with being injured and not being able to play. Yeah. And, and there's definitely players that don't even want to step foot in the training room. Exactly. They literally don't want to be seen in there period. And, and that's kind of interesting. And I think that those guys tend to seek treatment outside of the facility, outside of the, uh, outside of the stadium. And that's when they come to you, right? Well, I wish, yeah, yeah. some do, but yeah. You know, I, I mean, it is a good point because I, I, again, I was on the other end of, I've never been a team chiropractor, but I yeah. saw a ton of NFL guys during season in Davie. My NFL work here in Boca Raton has all been off season. So these are guys that are training in, in the sports facility here, but are not in the middle of the season. So it's just like not a stressful thing. Like trying to be ready for Sunday is stressful. If it's, you know, if it's May, it's not a big but what I found was some people would come and see me and they had nothing against the chiropractor that was with the dolphins. Chiropractor was great. They just didn't want to be seen at the office getting or at the facility getting treated. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's just, yeah, it's going to keep it quiet. It's yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're a chiropractor in a town that's got a football team, maybe you'll get some of those and it's good to, it's a whole other topic and a whole other animal because you can't really, um, communicate that information to the team if the player doesn't allow it in a lot of ways. But yeah, and I and I th- again I, I wanted to stress that point again from the beginning and back circling back to it. You got you, know, you got to have a system in place on how you manage your patients at, at your office, and then you want to communicate with the provider, whether it's the medical doctor or the athletic trainer, uh, you know, sh- uh, physician's assistant. We get a lot of referrals from PAs and, and communicating with them really it opens up your practice and you don't know, ever know what could come out of that. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And you know, being a chiropractor is a business and uh, you don't have to divulge how it works with you, but in, in general, uh, how are chiropractors compensated? Is it through the league, the team? Is it, uh, how does that work? 
Yeah, and it, so it varies, and some some players are hourly, or and some are fee for service, and some are are paid like yearly. Yeah. So, and I I don't mind bulging. I'm I'm hourly. Yep. And uh, so it, and it so it'll vary from week to week. Sometimes I'll work a couple hours, and sometimes I'll work more. So. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I think at the NFL level at that point, when you get that opportunity, it's a paid position, which is great. Um, I've in the past, and I've talked about a lot of chiropractors have done well with volunteering for the high school, um, even the college, if you're able to get some um, promotional stuff out of it, like right. the official team chiropractor of Florida State University or whatever, and you could put that on your website and do that type of stuff. Um, how is that with working with the Bengals? Are you allowed to promote some of that or you have to keep it kind of quiet? I have to keep it quiet and uh, I can promote, self-promote within the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I can't put a billboard up that says Steve King, team chiropractor. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. And that's something that you really want to make sure you get clear on with the, the team because you, know, you go and put that stuff all over your website and they didn't give you clearance for that. You find yourself on the other side of the athletic training room at that point. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, absolutely. So whether it's high school, college, or NFL, make sure you get those types of clearances of what you can and cannot do. And then, I would recommend, and I'm sure you're the same thing is don't do the pictures with players in the, in the facility, right? Like, is that kind of like, they go over that type of stuff with you? They don't really go over with, Yeah. But I, I've known better than to do any of that. I, I don't even really put pictures of players in the, in the office. Yeah. So, uh, but I, you know, it's, it's, it, but you technically could mm-hmm. player into your office on his right. own. Yeah. That's, so. that's fine. If, if you do that, but you, you don't want to be, taking advantage of the situation on the team facility because you probably right. I, I would assume don't have the rights to do that correct so yeah i don't i don't take pictures in my in the training room yeah. right yeah. and i just think there's a lot of those little nuances that you got to get clear on and that's why i wanted to ha- have you on this and talk about it because you've been doing it for a while and a lot of this stuff you know, we don't think about you know we just think like oh i could slap the Bengals logo on my website why not you right. know right you can't do that. <laughs> there's there's companies spending zillions of dollars to put that on there. <laughs> like, like, yeah. It's like, can I put my chiropractic name on the stadium? <laughs> Jeez, it'll cost you. Yeah, it'll so. cost a few bucks. But all right, let's uh, segue into the injury side of things, the clinical side of stuff. Um, what are some of the the common sports injuries you see? I want to I want to talk about with your your work with the Bengals. Um, and what you do, like, what are some of the things you, you see in the office? And, and, and that's been, that's been kind of, that's been fun. And in some ways, because a lot of times I'll see, because I'm very close to the head of trainer, I'll see the starters, a lot of starters, and they'll have something, you know, going on that, that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. So, but most commonly is low back pain yep. and, you know, and then second is neck pain. Mm-hmm. And those, those are definitely, you know, definitely our specialties. And so, uh, th- those are the two biggies. And then uh, occasionally you'll get some interesting things like a, like a stinger, like a, you know, a neck, neck pain with a little bit of, you know, the nerve thing going down the arm and I'll just use my, you know, the, the motion palpation concepts and, and ad- address the joint dysfunctions. And then, so, and then I'll be able to tie in the hips and the feet with, for the low back stuff. And then, you know, the shoulders for the neck stuff. And I kind of just tie it right in without making too big of a deal out of it. So I want to, I want to break down a couple of those, uh, with the stinger, what have you found from a palpation standpoint, uh, in areas that you've been able to use manipulation effectively? 
Yeah, and typically it's, it's it's this you know the same story. You know, you're looking at the the uh, transitional segments of the CT junction. You know, and uh, that's that's pretty much what I find. And yeah. you know, not you know, I'll find a lot of upper cervical stuff. Or so yeah, the the neck pains and the rib pains. I still look at that CT area. Yeah, yeah. I bet you get a lot of that. I bet you the CT yeah. junction has got to be one of the top. Oh, it's yeah, absolutely, yeah. And then, you know, a lot of uh, SC joint dysfunction, yep. you know, the That's shoulder. That's what I was going to ask, because a lot of times with that, with that stinger, it's kind of like that separation type of deal. And obviously they get that stretch on the nerve, but I'm sure they get a ton of issues with the SC and even maybe, the, maybe even the AC joint. Yeah, but it, yeah, and yeah. So, but get in, yeah, adjust that SC joint, mm -hmm. uh, jump the CT and then, uh, and then, then then I can just say, go see the trainer for some therapy, boys. <laughs> yeah. Let them do the, do all the other stuff because obviously there's going to be multiple layers with something like a stinger for sure. Um, yeah, and so it's one of the things that are, is kind of interesting is uh, the, the players are these guys are young. A lot of them are young. Some of them are, but some of them are veterans. But typically they come in there on a, when I see a lot of the players on Friday, mm -hmm. they come up just working out. Yep. These guys are pretty, you know, they're pretty loose yeah. you know they come in and uh they want to get their final adjustment before sunday and uh so i don't i don't see a lot of si joint stuff i see more i do see some thoracolumbar but more hip so yep. a lot of dip and uh, posterior uh capsule uh you know glutes glute tightness uh, that external rotator tightness and uh so i look at the hips real close on every uh, every player that comes in mm -hmm. uh, you know, especially if they complain of low back pain have you also, do you get the, the cornerbacks asking about that a lot? Cause you know, they got to, with their, all their hip motion and stuff. I used to remember they like, oh, you check out my hips. They, they know everything about the hips. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. And you know, people don't realize how much NFL football players run. Oh, it's crazy. They're squatting and, and lunging and, and running a lot. And uh, so that, yeah, the glutes, the external rotators get tight. And so, yeah, but the offensive linemen, get tight you know they're tight too so yeah it's interesting but yeah i definitely see a lot of uh cornerbacks and safeties i was gonna wait for this question but i think it's the time to do it is do you notice differences in positions like okay i've got an offensive lineman i'm gonna make sure i check their ankles because getting down into like the three-point stance i got the cornerback i'm gonna make sure i check out the hips is yeah. different things like that do you notice by positions you know i don't really actually i don't I, you know, you, you would think, oh, God, this, you know, you're expecting Dr. Steve King to show up and say, okay, this, the safety is going to have this restriction and the offensive lineman, you know, no, it's, yeah. it's, it's all just, similar. It's very similar. <laughs> they all need ankle dorsiflexion. One might run a four, three, the other one might be 400 pounds, but they still need ankle dorsiflexion. They still, yeah, there's, and a lot of their feet are terrible because they're, oh. you know, and. A lot of I always ask them if they play basketball because their feet are just just terrible. So a lot of you know, so it, it's funny, it's, but very similar. Yeah, for sure. Cool. And I, I actually wanted to go before I forget because I had one more question, and I, I respect the fact that you you know probably like with a stinger, a lot of times that might be seen by the athletic trainer or neuro or ortho yeah. first. So I'm sure in the clinical setting they give you the diagnosis but i know you know how to do it and so for the audience that might be the gatekeeper and assess injuries what are some of the signs and symptoms that you can really say okay yeah this is a stinger well i think i, I think it's 
it's easy. You, you know, for me, I always think of radiculopathy. So it's, I, I think of a stinger as just an acute radiculopathy. So you've got the radiating pain and, and then some of the typical stuff, just the loss of range of motion, a particular direction. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course the, you know, palpatory pain and tenderness and muscle spasm, usually in the scalings and, and then back to the whole upper trap and leave area. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, but I don't even actually tying back to what you just asked. I, I don't actually even have a reflex hammer that I, when I, when I'm in the training room, I, so uh, yeah, it's like you said, they, they're steam before and, but yeah, you could have a loss of reflex on that, on the particular side that's affected. Definitely. And then probably some of the mechanism of injury as well. And definitely the mechanism of injury that's, you know, that is huge. Yeah. And I think that's a key with working with football players is that, um, a a lot, a lot of them are going to have traumatic injuries. And I think uh, sometimes in our our private practices, we see a lot of overuse injuries and chronic pain and all that. Um, you're going to have to sift, sort and screen through a lot of traumatic injuries and knowing that mechanism of how they hurt that is going to be very important. Yeah. And, and, and as far as the Bengals are concerned, mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of diagnostic stuff is done, uh, you know, on Monday morning. Yeah. So if they're, yeah, so I'll have x-rays, MRIs, I'll be looking at MRIs before I even go and look, uh, you know, adjust the player. So it's, it's a mass unit on Monday. It's yeah, it's yeah. It, again, it comes back. It makes it kind of nice. It's like, Hey, what's the story? You know, is there an MRI on this? Is there, a, is there yeah. an x-ray? How come you haven't uh, talked with Dr. Mark King about having all that type of stuff in your office? <laughs> well, your hey, 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 when can I get a head neuro here in the, in the office? <laughs> <laughs> it would, that, yeah, we, I would like to have an MRI unit here. So that would, <laughs> exactly. That would be nice. Um, all right, let's go down to the low, low back. What are the, a lot of the stuff you're seeing with low back? Cause I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I think a lot of our audience thinks football injuries that are thinking, hamstring strains, quad pull, like all these different extremity stuff, which obviously happens. But sometimes we forget like neck and back are still like number one and two. And that's what you're going to see a lot, even with football injuries, not just knee injuries and stuff. Uh, So what are you seeing with a lot of low back stuff with these football guys? Well, yeah, again, it comes back to what what you were saying. Is it, is it a traumatic situation or is it, or just kind of out of the blue, like, so occasionally we'll see a, an acute disc mm-hmm. issue and, but more, it's just, yeah, you know, my back stiff and that's just, you know, the classic facet syndrome. And so, um, yeah. So with this facet syndrome, for example, in the low back, the lumbosacral area, you wouldn't necessarily jump on the sacrum, yeah. uh, but again, I would work on the hips and the thoracolumbar oftentimes. Well, I'll tell you what, that was one of the things with my training with MPI throughout school and early on. And when I got into working with football players, it was right away. And I noticed with them very, a lot of the NFL, a lot of the football players in general are hyperlordotic in the lumbar spine. And so a lot of times I'll, I found that sacral counter-nutation adjustment to, to like really, really help them out a lot. Uh, and so that was nice. Yeah. That, yeah. Occasionally I'll, yeah. Occasionally do a little counter-nutation mm-hmm. if it's low, low back. Uh, but again, yeah, a lot of times they'll point to the, the, the glutes or they'll just say I'm stiff, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, mm-hmm. they won't give you a whole lot. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then TL junction, I'm sure is, is getting, uh, 
hit up on all the time as well. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if that helps answer your question as far as the low back goes. It's, I mean, again, it's usually one hip is tighter than the other. And that, that, that's where, uh, you know, one of the things I'm going to demonstrate hope, uh, possibly with this virtual, uh, seminars is what's called the mulligan mobilization technique, uh, to help mobilize the hips. And a lot of times I'll focus in on one hip versus the other. Yeah. And that's, and, what's going to be cool. Like you'll have this, there's going to be a component here of you doing some of the, uh, stuff you actually do and right. in action there. So that'll be a nice segue from, from there. Yeah, I do see some SI joint stuff. It's just yeah. not, it, it's just surprising, uh, that it, it, it just seems like it's so much more in practice versus with these guys. And I, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it's cause they're so, they're, they're so loose and warmed up and they stretch mm -hmm. so much and they kind of, yeah. So it's, it's interesting. Definitely, definitely. And uh, how about extremity stuff? Do you do a lot with them with extremity manipulation? Yeah, mainly feet and hips and the shoulder, a little bit of shoulder SC. Shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. And then occasionally wrist, but a lot, definitely a lot of feet. Yeah. That's a, that's a big, pro big problem child for them. Yeah. Have you noticed that they, most of them have uh, pronated feet? Yes. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. <laughs> It really is. Yeah. I think it's like the vast, vast majority of them have very flat feet for some reason. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not supposed to say names, but I remember, uh, I've been around for a long time and I worked with Carson Palmer a lot mm -hmm. and that, that poor guy, he had supinated feet uh -huh. and uh, he had chronic titor fasciitis yeah. and, uh, I think he had it for like three years and it's good poor guy. So, uh, so I don't, anyway, that was an interesting more he has a little more stupination than, than these yeah, guys do that can happen for sure but uh cool that's exciting i i really think that covered a lot of the stuff so that'll be great so thanks great. for this opportunity to interview you and do this for us thank you so much kevin all right have a good one i hope you enjoyed this week's episode and if you want to make the shift from busy broke and broken to time free and cash confident or you just want to continue with the exponential growth Check us out at modernchiropracticmarketing.com. Look at the MCM Mastery tab. Watch the short video on there and check out what we are doing now for evidence-informed chiropractors. We are equal parts coaching and marketing done for you. Yes, you shoot some videos. We help you with campaign strategies and ideas and really become a thought leader in your community. You shoot those videos. You send them to us. We produce, edit, and brand them to you. Then we distribute them through all of your channels. We also take them and we turn it into one good blog per month. And every other month, we have Darcy Sullivan producing a robust blog with a topic that you pick from her database to help with your SEO. So we essentially become your content marketing agency to make sure your practice is always having ethical, elegant content marketing to help grow your practice. On the coaching side, we also help you with everything from marketing ideas to business, communications, finances, anything practice growth and really try to help prevent you from being stuck on that island. And we hold you accountable. We have a great group of doctors that are just doing amazing things. And we look forward to help you out to take that next step in your practice. So again, check us out at modernchiropracticmarketing.com and learn more.